0: Hello and welcome to the BarCast. I'm your host, Nick Barr. It's Monday evening. It's pretty late. It's 11.30. Um, so this might be a low-energy BarCast. Apologies for advance. But I wanted to talk about a movie that I saw recently. Um, and I wanted to talk about it before it fades from memory. That movie is L E L L E, starring Isabelle Huppert and directed by Paul Verhoeven. It will likely be nominated for some number of Oscars. Uh, Oscar season is upon us. Isabelle Huppert did win, I think a golden globe for best actress in it. So it's it's kind of in the zeitgeist. This is a rare timely bar cast. Um, and, and I think probably the, the impetus for, for talking about Elle actually starts with a tweet. I, I saw Elle at the, God, what is it called? The opera plaza It's sort of a weird spot on South Van Ness in San Francisco that it is a plaza it's sort of a mall um, and also a movie theater and I saw it on a very rainy evening um by myself it's it's the sort of movie that I, I just don't have friends who would want to see it I don't think um and uh I, I saw it and I tweeted about it, and, and when we'll discuss the tweet. But the tweet was Elle is a movie about people obsessed with Isabel Huppert, made for people obsessed with Isabel Huppert. And um, this tweet, uh, you know, within my little universe, really somehow got tons of uh, attention. I'm looking at the tweet activity now. If you've, if you've ever used Twitter, um, there's some sort of like uh, stats page. Where you can look at um, impressions, eighteen hundred fifty one total engagements eighty six, detail expands fifty one likes twenty one, retweets eleven, profile clicks two replies one so, um quite a bit of engagement if I don't mind saying so and I was trying to understand who was engaging with this uh I guess there are people who are Isabelle Uppare fans and um. I don't know. They're just crawling Twitter, searching for discussion. I don't. I don't know exactly how these people found my tweet, but they did engage um, the heck out of it. Interestingly, there's a follow up tweet. So the first tweet is "L is a movie about people obsessed with Isabel Huppert, made for people obsessed with Isabel Pair. And then the follow up tweet um, was. Uh, it's basically fan service, which is an interesting interestingly problematic for the kinds of fans Isabelle Uper has. and this had almost no engagement. It just had one like by uh, a Twitter user named Galadriel, who is probably um, another one of those super fans. It was I don't know it was, it was a jarring experience for me. Um, I don't usually get more than one or two likes per tweet. Um, so I thought, well, maybe there's something here to discuss. Um, and I also thought it was just interesting because here I am tweeting about Isabelle Huppert super superfans and then I get a lots of engagement from Isabelle Huppert super superfans. Before we dive into the bar cast, um, it's worth talking about who this actress is, I guess, because I don't think she's super famous. Um, she is uh, French. I had called her until very recently Isabelle Huppert because that's how you spell her last name, H-U-P-P-E-R-T. Um, but of course, of course you don't pronounce that Hubbard. And then you have this issue where how French do I make it? I don't really speak French. So I think probably, you know, the, the correct pronunciation might be something like Uper. Um, but I'm not going to say Isabel Huppert every single time I mention her. So then you've got to figure out like, well, how do I find the middle ground between Hubbard and Uper? And then you sort of end up with a Huppert Or Yupper, I I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna do our best, and uh, feel free to correct my pronunciation um, uh, by engaging with me on social media. So I know Isabelle Upper from a movie called The Piano Teacher um, or Le Pianiste, directed by Michael Haneke, who is one of my favorite directors, and this movie like affected me like no other movie and probably no other piece of media has ever affected me. Um, I processed it like I had just had a traumatic event, something like the death or the suicide of a friend. I'm not going to spoil the movie too much. I, I, I would, I would unreservedly recommend it to you. The piano teacher, Haneke, Uper. um, I've been, I've recommended it to a bunch of people and, and none of them seems to have had the the reaction that I did. So there's something about me, I suppose. But um, after I saw the movie, I was I was just blown away by her performance and sort of became a fan myself. But she's very prolific, and I haven't I don't know if I've even seen any other movies that she's in. Um, but I've 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 always been interested in her career. I think she's a phenom. She's sometimes called the the French Meryl Streep, which I think is like. A ridiculous comparison. Um, we'll talk more about what makes her such a great actor soon. But anyway, so I, I've always been interested in her. And then um, Elle is directed, of course, by Paul Verhoeven, who is a fascinating Dutch director, um, most known for his Hollywood booms and busts, including Robocop, Starship Troopers showgirls and others um and so if you've seen any little basic instinct of course um so he is a pervert sort of um he has a really ironic sensibility he loves violence but uh certainly doesn't endorse it he's he's just a fascinating kind of sicko freak director who still turns out mainstream hits so he's not like a He's not a uh, Von Trier, Von Trier, however you say that guy's name. Like that dude is sort of a sensationalist perv. Verhoeven sort of managed to mainstreamify his perversions and also sort of comment on them. Um, Starship Troopers was the movie that I first saw. um, And I, I saw it in theaters in 1997. So I was 12 years old. I saw it with my father and the shower scene um, is seared indelibly into my mind. So Paul Verhoeven meets Isabelle Luper. I was definitely going to watch this movie. Um, and I, I think before I do any criticism on it or, or discussion of it all, I will throw in the rare Barcast disclaimer, which is to say that um, this movie deals extensively with violence. It deals with rape. It is a gory, difficult, awful movie. Um, and so I do want to discuss it with you, but um, that discussion, of course, will inevitably come through uh, my perspective, um, which is uh, not particularly well thought out. Um, and so, you know, if have come along for this ride. I invite you, but also please be patient with me and my perspective. Um, we're going to go into sort of murky waters and, and we're going to just jump in um, all willy nilly. In fact, the movie starts with a rape scene, um, which is shot off-camera, but you can hear her protestations, uh, and the movie just the the camera just pans on a cat that sort of just watches um, impassively, Um, and you know that scene is so clever of Verhoeven because it introduces this notion of tastefulness, right? So we've sort of we don't we don't see the crime itself and so we we think maybe we're in for one of those movies that um is going to avert its eyes during the most difficult scenes which is what makes the next scene later in the movie so much more difficult because she gets raped again by the same perpetrator um and then this time we see it all and so it's this sort of jump scare um we just we're just not ready for the guy to come back um we kind of think the film is going to be all about um processing this initial crime. Um, but it happens again. And this time it's on camera and it's very, very difficult to watch. Um, and it's also very effective uh, because <laughs> because Verhoven so sort of evil-y sets it up um, by making the first one invisible. And that's that's like classic Verhoeven. And after that jump scare um, of the second rape, then you're just like on pins and needles the whole time. Um, he has like many, many scenes that are sinister in nature that don't result in anything. You know, you've got shadows of guns pointing at shadows of characters. Um, you'll have uh, sort of just just moments of, of sort of prolonged hugs that you're not sure if they're going to turn weirdly romantic or, 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 or assaults. Just like a lot of discomfort um, for the rest of the film. And um, so yeah, I mean, uh, sort of a reluctant hat tip for Verhoeven for setting it up that way. Um, but I want to I want to go back to the tweets and what I mean by them. Um, Isabel Huppert is sort of an undeniably um, sexy, strong woman who pretty much is only interested in roles that are complicated that deal with suffering, sexuality, um, that deal with power. Um, she is in turns vulnerable. She is a victim. She is a perp. She is a sociopath. She is a pervert. She's a sicko. She is an innocent. Um, that's kind of her jam. And she's she's always been doing that in, in many films. And so, um, of course, she's... Kind of gotten a, a large fan base. Um, and this fan base uh, certainly admires her for her ability to act, but I think that's where I, I find the Meryl Streep comparison invalid because Meryl Streep is, is just a great actor um, and she can disappear into any number of roles. But Isabelle is is pretty specific in the roles she takes on and becomes sort of this aesthetic. Uh, object. I don't want to get into subject-object like lit-crit stuff, but mm, she's fascinating because you kind of want to behold her and uh, observe her as an object, but then she will uh, often reverse or flip or subvert that um, and challenge you in, in all sorts of ways as, an, as a viewer. Um, so this movie is interesting because um, she ends up becoming the object of obsession uh for many characters, not just her rapist, but her neighbor, um, both the, the the husband and the wife of uh, the neighbors. Her ex is still sort of enamored with her. Um, her business partner is enamored with her romantically. Um, her business partner's husband is enamored with her. And uh, in in an amazing uh, – this was such a surprise for me, and such a welcome surprise – Her character is a CEO of a video game company, which is is just like really great. And so, of course, now she's got an all-male staff of engineering nerds who are all sort of enamored with her. So um, that's what I meant when I said Elle is a movie about people obsessed with Isabella Hubert. Made for people obsessed with Isabella Hubert. It's almost like Verhoeven is casting so many characters... That are obsessed with Isabelle Le that it's almost impossible for a viewer not to self-identify with one of those characters. Um, I would say uh, reluctantly that I might self-identify with the one of the her employees. Um, and of course, you know, being an employee, there's a there's some you know BDSM kind of power dynamic stuff there. Um and so so I would imagine that um, there's there's some sort of level of Mm, self-awareness that a viewer must have to have watching Elle. And then, you know, that's why I went on to say it's basically fan service, which is interestingly problematic for the kinds of fans Isabelle Pair has. So fan service is, if you're not familiar with it, sort of a phenomenon that I guess originates with um, anime, which is when a sort of like a cartoon, a Japanese cartoon will sort of have fun scenes that are almost sort of standalone, irrelevant to the plot scenes that um, are basically just for the fans. So uh, I think they're usually pretty sexual in nature, but they don't have to be. But uh, if you like Dragon Ball Z, what's the name of a Dragon Ball Z character? I can't, gosh, it's been, I wish I, I'm, not, I'm really not doing this just for the bar cast and pretending that I can't remember the name of Bulma. I think Bulma. There, I don't know. There's some, there's some lady in Dragon Ball Z <laughs> uh, who will occasionally, um, like, uh, I don't know, wear a swimsuit, right? So one of the episodes, they're going to the beach, and now she's going to wear a swimsuit, and she might, you know, f- flash a peace sign to the camera, and then we'll take a picture, and like, this will all happen in the cartoon, and it's sort of a wink and a nod to the fans, saying, "Hey, we know you, we know you, kind of are into this." South Park did a really good recent piece of fan service. There's a phenomenon called shipping. Uh, is that right? Shipping? Yeah, so shipping is an act of fan fiction where you create fictional relationships in the cartoon universe. So, for instance, in South Park, Tweek and Craig, I think, um, are subjects of fan fiction where they have a gay relationship that was never really intimated by the cartoon itself. Uh, but if you go to Tumblr and a lot of, sh- a lot of these shipping things will have like, uh, portmanteaus. So what would be Craig and Tweek Creek, I guess, or tweg, but I think Creek is the right one. You know, you can find all sorts of, uh, drawings and stuff or stories about them in love. And anyway, South Park eventually made an episode um, about Craig and Tweak falling in love and sort of a classic gesture of fan service. Anyway, to say that L is fan service is to say that Elle is almost like it's a movie that exists just to put Isabelle Huppert in those scenes that she thrives so well in. It's not like a very well-put-together movie. It's not like a piano teacher, which is, to me, a beautiful story or a tragic story. It's kind of just like a highlight reel of Isabelle Huppert performances. Um, And uh, that can be a little bit problematic because these performances aren't merely like a Daniel Day-Lewis just acting the shit out of a movie, it's Isabelle Huppert getting raped or Isabelle Huppert participating in self-harm or Isabelle Huppert sort of, uh, dominating someone or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So these are all, um, performative acts that are sexual and, uh, occasionally a perverted, I guess, for lack of a better word in nature. Um, Which is pretty interesting, and so I think I walked out of that movie feeling like that was a problem. Um, But I'm inclined to look closer at it because this is Verhoeven. Verhoeven is someone who's not simply perverted; he always is perverted plus has something to say about perversion. Um, And Starship Troopers is a good example of that. Like, uh, it is biting satire on fascism, but that's that's actually pretty easily overlooked. and, uh, I, he, that's, what's so interesting about him is he's not simply a condemner of fascism or perversion, and he's not simply a pervert or a fascist. He manages to pull off both at the same time. He'll create work that is sensual in nature, but then also sort of comments on sensuality. Um, so I just wanted to spend a little bit of time mining that turf and wondering if Verhoeven doesn't have anything to say about, about the way we watched Elle um, and I, I don't know if I have an answer you know I, I think one of the things that's the most interesting about Elle is for the most of the movie we're, we're doing two things one is we're trying to figure out who raped Isabelle Luper. so the guy who did it is in a mask and um, she doesn't file a police report she just she just sort of like toughs it out um, and like eventually tells her friends Um, and, and does want to know who did it, but she's got a lot of suspects because she's got a company with an all-male staff, many of whom resent her for her sort of tyranny in the office. Um, she has a creepy neighbor. Um, there might be other potential suspects, but those are the people who come on in and spoiler alert. Um, it is her neighbor who ends up being the rapist. Um, but we don't find that out until pretty late in the film. And so one aspect of the film is constantly wondering who raped Isabelle Huppert. Um, it's sort of a whodunit. And and then the other, um, I think, sort of searching whodunit aspect is like, who is this character? I think her name is Michelle um, in the film. Uh, but we are always being kind of pulled in in different categories or, or, you know, so there's this, I think there's this desire to categorize Isabelle Huppert, like who is this person, her character. And, um, the movie is constantly challenging our, our characterization. So, you know, from the get go, when she gets raped, it's this, the, the, the follow-up is her cleaning up the house, um, because she broke a vase in the struggle. Um, she throws away her clothes. She takes a bath, um, we see sort of this like banal response to it. Um, and, and sort of it, there's ambiguity there, right. Is she in shock or is she just sort of, um, being a trooper, um, or is she actually sort of missing components, um, that, that we would call human. And so I think like, uh, to, I think I just named three things and to try to give them better names, like, uh, there's the, there's the victim, right. Oh, she's in shock. She deserves pity. She deserves empathy. She should speak to someone. She should call the police, uh, etc. There's sort of the stoic or the sort of the champion. She's a CEO. She's a badass. Um, she's, she doesn't let anything faze her. She's not going to get stopped. Um, and then there's the sociopath or the psychopath, um, which gets borne out in some of her interactions with the other characters and is also explicitly sort of made an option because it turns out that when she was 10, her father um, went on a rampage and killed um, many people and animals. And then I think uh, ultimately sort of got her involved. I think they burned the house down together or something like that. And so it was this big story. And there's a, a photo of Isabel, Isabel Hubert's character, Michelle, at like age 10, burning down the house or something like that. And so her father is, is serving a life sentence in prison. But she's sort of associated and dragged in the mud with this story. And so we also are invited to wonder, you know, maybe she inherited her father's genes and is, um, a, a psychopath. She's certainly cruel and can be cruel to pretty much everyone. Um, the fact that she participates in a, uh, affair with her best friends and business partners, uh, husband, right? So like there, there's lots of evidence there. And so, um, I think there is an invitation that the movie creates to, um, you know, I think one of the reasons the movie is so compelling is you're always wondering who is this character. Um, and I suppose like that's the piece that for me, maybe if I'm, if I'm being like as generous to Verhoeven and the film as I can be, maybe that's the thesis of the film, which is, um, to challenge this, uh, gaze, at whether it's a male gaze or a female gaze, I, I think we can be um, agnostic about, but it's sort of this objectifying gaze, um, and this gaze and this desire to categorize, and I think what makes Michelle the character and Isabelle Huppert the actor so um, astonishingly good is that they... Demand a sort of protracted gaze because they're so hard to classify and ultimately resist classification, um, and uh, you know it's it's sort of like you stare at someone so long you become self-conscious about it, right? So I think the movie, well, you know, I, I guess I think the movie does definitively answer who Isabel Duperr is or the Michelle is. I I think she's a badass. Like uh, I think she's not a psychopath. Um, she certainly is a flawed person. She had a tough childhood. She's got a fucked up father and a fucked up mother, although in a different way. Um, she's not a good, we don't have to call her a good person or anything like that. Um, but she feels, um, she's not a victim or doesn't let herself become a victim. Although, you know, as I say that, of course, that's like a fraught thing to say, but I I don't know. I, I left the movie feeling admiration for the character. um, but I didn't feel like I was able to classify her one way or another. Um, and then I sort of almost became hyper aware of my desire to classify her. Um, and so if we kind of step back into fandom, anytime you're a f- super fan of someone, a fan to, s- to the extent that you're crawling Twitter and sort of saying like, I want to see what people are saying Isabelle Uper, Huppert. Um, I think there's this question of like, well, what is it that you love so much about her? Um, and I think there's like many, many legitimate answers to that, but, um, uh, sort of a deep analysis of what your fandom consists in and what sort of, um, is the engine behind it, um, is sort of a worthy investigation. I think that's the investigation the movie itself takes is it's a whodunit of identity. Um, and it doesn't have a clean ending. Um, and it is as sort of, complicit in its message as it makes it right because I think Verhoeven is as bad as any of us I mean I think he he directs this movie um almost as a fan himself right he's almost putting together a highlight reel of Huppert um and so uh with all that said I think she's she's certainly deserving of her um nomination for best actress I don't think Elle is a fantastic movie I would recommend piano teacher over it um, but if you find yourself becoming a, an Isabelle Huppert super fan then Elle is absolutely unmissable um, and I think I will leave it there um, I hope this was a cogent enough bar cast despite being recorded relatively late at night um, enjoy uh whatever movie you see next and I'll see you next time